Before we begin, I would like to acknowledge the Gadigal peoples of the Eora Nation as the traditional custodians of the land on which we record this podcast, and pay my respects to the elders both past and present. Hi everyone, I'm Tiny Cook and welcome to Chuffed. Some of you may know me as the girl who married a stranger on TV and now I'm chatting with you all here on my podcast. This is your unfiltered safe space for all things love, career and life. Each week I chat to all different types of cool people with fascinating stories. We unpack relationships, life, the serious and the not so serious, business, beauty and a dash of pop culture. Thanks for joining me, let's get into it. Hi guys, welcome back to the Chuff Podcast. It's been a little while since I've checked in with you guys. Um, I haven't done a solo app in a while, so here we are again. I thought I would answer some of your questions. I always get quite a lot that we never get through, so I thought I would, yeah, sit down with you guys and have a little chat and, yeah, answer some of the questions you guys have sent in. So I did get quite a few maths questions, which we'll obviously do as well, but got some other good questions too. So maybe we'll start off with some maths and we'll throw some other things in there too. Okay, this is an easy one. Jasmine Cocodis. Um, apologies if I pronounce any of your names or usernames wrong. Apologies in advance. Jasmine asks, did maths buy your outfits for the show? So this is actually quite a popular question that we do get asked quite a bit and you have to buy everything yourself. So all your clothes, I remember packing for maths and being so stressed out about having enough dinner party outfits and not realizing that you also need more because you have to approve the outfits and you're going to clash with the girls can't all wear the same color it's a whole thing so yes you end up having to buy a lot of clothes or hire and yeah everything from even your nails your hair because you obviously want to look nice on tv getting your hair done getting those roots done getting nails done every two weeks and you guys will also see watching back now in some of the scenes and they'll edit, you'll see like a different nail color in one scene. And then like the next day will be another nail color then go back to the next day because the editing is a bit jumbled up sometimes. So that is a good telltale, telltale sign of the editing because you'll notice the nails changing. So fun fact, but yeah, you buy everything yourself. I remember just kind of getting a whole bunch of dresses and just hoping for the best and I feel like I did okay with my outfits, but I did buy quite a few things. I had a couple of PR contacts, PR girlies that sent me a few stuff and I had like a good base of outfits, but because I didn't know you'd have to get things approved and then sometimes it would clash with the other girls, you'd have to go buy something. You have to find something quite last minute and you would wear... So I honestly wore stuff that I probably wouldn't really usually wear just because you'd want to dress up nice for the dinner parties and the commitment ceremonies and yeah, colors that I just never had in my wardrobe. I am sure you guys know I wear a lot of pink, so I couldn't wear pink every single week. It was unfair for me to hog up all the pink, but I remember at the reunion, I straight away, like weeks in advance, I was like, I'm wearing two pink dresses. I'm getting my approvals in straight away because I actually got them custom made. They're from a beautiful designer in Perth called Decon Date and she has the most incredible dresses and she made me two stunning ones for the reunion dinner party and reunion commitment ceremony and I was like I am wearing pink but there were some times that I had to like change my outfits during filming and going and buying stuff because yeah you would clash or you wasn't you weren't allowed to wear it so which is being it's weird to be told you're not allowed to wear something but yeah that is that is that Summer Smith asks, any regrets with going on maths? 
Um, I don't think I have any regrets going on the show. Obviously, I had a beautiful experience on the show and had a nice outcome. Um, but I think looking back, I maybe re- regrets a strong, strong word, but I think I wouldn't have defended certain people or I wouldn't have, yeah, I don't think I would have defended certain people now knowing what has happened and now knowing, you know, how we've gone into the world and what our lives are outside the show, I probably wouldn't have, yeah, I probably wouldn't have had people's backs that I don't think maybe deserved it. So yeah, I think that's one thing I probably regret, but also at the time I felt like that was the right thing to do. So I was just going with my gut and what I thought was right. But I think if I had the knowledge I have now about what someone's true character is it's hard right because you're in this environment you're getting to know people but it's on camera so you're getting the best um, version of them that they're showing you and also showing the world so it might not be 100% accurate to what they what type person they are Um, and I think yeah you got to be careful with how you go about that but yeah I think yeah regret's a strong word but maybe I wouldn't have um, been so have people's backs because they don't have mine. Okay. So let's do one more maths one. So Sally Fern 67 asks, why didn't you say the truth more to Bronte about Harrison? I did. I did. And it was not shown. I remember at retreat, I had pulled Bronte aside after the first like um, it was like the the weed was sitting around the barrels, like the din- not dinner party, but like the cocktail-ish party. And Bronte had kind of walked away. The girls were kind of coming at her with the whole Harrison situation. I, the next day I had pulled her aside. Um, actually, no, sorry. I had pulled her aside after the girls' night on retreat. And obviously when Bronte had like left, we kind of had a discussion about it and that we didn't think they were in a good relationship, yada, yada. We've all heard it a million times. And I actually did pull Bronte aside the following day. We had a scene on camera and I sat down. I was like, hey, this is how we feel. And obviously I know that in these situations, you have to come to the um, come to the solution, come to whatever yourself. No amount of people can tell you how to feel or how to act. You have to come to that yourself. So um, I did tell her many times. I did have those chats with her. I think I've always said my style is never to come at people in a group setting. I personally wouldn't like to receive information like that. So I would always kind of want to have like your one-on-one chats. So yes, I didn't not speak up. I feel like you guys saw a lot of me sitting there silently, but I did speak up when I felt like I should have. And likewise, like Harrison has his, his stuff as well. And like he's on his own thing and just always got something to say. So yeah, I'm sure they're both thriving and doing great now, but Yes, I did say things at that time. You just didn't see it. Okay, let's change it up a little bit, shall we? Pops08x underscore (laughs) asks, what was your favorite subject in school? So this was like, I was thinking about this one because I had... I did a random mix of subjects, especially like in year 12 from HSC, but I really enjoyed, for some weird reason, I did enjoy math. I feel like it was easy because there was one answer. I struggled with stuff like English where you had to be quite creative and like ramble on or whatever. I really struggled with kind of the creative writing stuff. I feel like my brain just couldn't, yeah, I just, yeah, ADHD, wasn't on med, was not medicated back then and was just really like, 
a lot. And yeah, I think math was easy because I just kind of got it. And also my dad put me in tutoring since I was like six years old. So it would be pretty bad if I wasn't good at math. Um, Thanks, dad. And I also really like society and culture. I thought that was quite a fun subject. We learned about a lot of cool stuff that was just like kind of random at the same time. I, I really, really enjoyed it. And I also did music. So that was fun as well. Um, So yeah, quite a few subjects at school. And actually, one of my favorite subjects, which I didn't get to do in my um, HSC was textiles and like fashion. So when there's not enough people that want to do the class, they kind of cancel the class. So when it came to me actually wanting to do it, I actually had to go to TAFE and travel like 40 minutes to an hour to go to TAFE and study fashion. And it was such a mission, but I really, really enjoyed it. And I was tossing up after school doing fashion and music and I ended up going towards the music direction, but I loved fashion. I loved design. I loved all that, but my school didn't, yeah, not enough people were interested in it. So they didn't run the course. And yeah, little on me and my school uniform going to TAFE, um, which was like very daunting. And you're with like a bunch of random people from other high schools. It was pretty scary, but yeah, I think maybe that was my favorite, but quite, quite a few ones that I really enjoyed. I did enjoy learning at school, even though I found it hard at times, but yeah, school, school was fun enough. <laughs> Following on from the subject at school question, I do get a lot of questions in regards to my career, which I feel like I haven't really spoke about. So soph.j229 asks, how did you get into public relations profession? So I actually do have some videos on my TikTok from years ago talking about this and kind of going to details on where I went with my career. So I did start out in music. I did, I went to the Australian Institute of Music and I studied entertainment business management. So I was all about the music business. I loved marketing, but particularly with artists and music. I wasn't really, didn't want to market like a crappy product. I really wanted to market like music and it's, it's a different approach marketing a product versus marketing, you know, an artist or a tour or an album. It's very different. So I did that and I was yeah in the music space. My first job outside uni was at Sony Music. So I worked as a producer editor. This was really, really early social media days. So Facebook was a thing. Instagram was kind of starting out, but yeah, Facebook, Facebook ads, content, all of that kind of stuff. YouTube was also huge at the time. And I started out in more marketing and content. And then how I really got started out is I just interned. So that's how I got that job. I literally, (laughs) so funny now, I remember DMing on Twitter, RIP Twitter, honestly, Elon Musk ruins everything. Twitter, I DM'd the Sony Music um, Twitter, Australian Twitter account. And I was like, I want to work, I want to work with you guys. I want to intern. I want to like, I want to work with you guys. How does it happen? And by whatever luck, they replied back to me and I had a meeting with them. I don't even know how that happened. And yeah, started chatting with them and I got a job doing um, like street kind of street team promotions. And the artist I had was Cher Lloyd. Shout out to Cher Lloyd freaking love Cher Lloyd. She was like the first artist we really worked across. And then, you know, we went on to do like One Direction, Olly Murs, Labyrinth, Rita Ora, The 1975 a little bit, Tom O'Dell, all these like fun UK artists, which I love UK music. I love the UK. And that's how I literally, I just DM'd the Twitter account and for whatever reason they replied to me. But in terms of the PR, I actually interned a lot. And I think um, that really helped me 
with my career. So while I was at uni, you had to do intern subjects as part of your uni degree. So you get graded on it and you get a mark and that's part goes towards your yeah, degree. So I had some really, really cool internships and they were really hard, but so rewarding. The first one I did was at Mushroom Group. And that was an awesome, I don't know if, if you're not familiar, they're like a huge media, kind of actually more indie, but they've got a lot of businesses attached to them. Um, and you've got like Fronty Touring, which does a lot of touring for all the like amazing artists in Australia. They've got artist management, PR, all that kind of thing. So I did publicity and PR there. And I was also then doing an internship at the same time at MTV. So I had reached out, I think I'd get maybe emailed or DM'd something cold, cold reached out and I didn't hear back for maybe it was like six months, like a long time. And they eventually got back to me. And then I was kind of interning there. I got offered a job as a receptionist at the mushroom group. And then I was still doing the MTV thing and it was just like crazy. And then I also interned in marketing at Warner Music. So really, really music focused um, internships and then obviously went on to have a, like a career in music. But I, yeah, it was really just the internships, to be honest. I just reached out to the companies that I wanted to work for and just kind of was like, hey, this is me. This is what I want to do. I'd love to come work with you. And yeah, it was just like couple days a week. It was free work. I think, you know, obviously understand it's a bit of a privilege to be able to offer your work for free. It's, it's hard. I was working casually at Cotton on Body in retail. So I was, you know, folding undies on the weekends and selling bras. Um, And I loved that job as well. I loved retail, although it, you know, made me, it did my head in at times. I loved it. I loved the whole, you know, chatting with people. It was so, I loved it. I love Cotton on. And the discount was also awesome. So I I honestly was there for like four years. It was the best. So I was doing that. So I was literally uni. I was honestly working like seven days a week. I had like my weekend job. Then I was interning. Then I was at uni. So it was, it was a lot, but I really, really wanted it. So I just was like, any opportunity I had, I just was like, yep, yeah, I'll volunteer for this. I'll do this. So I was quite lucky to be able to do that. But yeah, that's kind of how I really got started in PR. I just reached out, interned at a bunch of places. And then from there, just kind of got more experience, then moved in towards fashion and beauty and kind of, yeah, found my place where I am now. So yeah, it's been, a, it's been a long journey since being 18 and at uni until now and having a whole different career different career stages and I think the one thing I will say is that if you're finishing school you're going to uni you know you're kind of in that stage of your life don't be too stressed about that being the final thing you want to do because your career will change throughout many years of it and you know at first I was always like I only want to work in music I only want to do this I never want to do anything else and Now I don't really do that. So I think, yeah, don't put pressure on yourself to find exactly what you want to do there and then. I think you can give yourself room to, you know, try new things. I think it's a big pressure to put on an 18, I think I was 17 when I graduated school to know what you want to do for the rest of your life. I think that's just ridiculous. So yeah, try what you want to do and then um, yeah, don't put pressure on yourself because your career will change. I guarantee that. So I do have a funny story to tell about um, PR because I obviously loved PR. It was my favorite it was my favorite subject at uni. I kind of always knew PR and marketing was what I wanted to do. And we had our like publicity and promotions, I think, um, module. And I remember and I really did not vibe with the lecturer at the time. He was just 
not my cup of tea. He was great. Honestly, I look back and I thought he was great. But at the time I was like, this guy is just not. Nah. He always would like make fun of me because I loved pop music and I loved One Direction. I loved pop artists. And I feel like in Australian culture, music culture, you're kind of like judged if you like mainstream music and especially going to a university that's like cool Australian there's a lot of artists it's very like I think people would be embarrassed to admit that they love someone like a One Direction or a Justin Bieber or Taylor Swift and I was like yeah I fucking do like this is a music I love and I think especially I was always interested in the marketing of those artists because you know they were so viral and you saw them everywhere and I just loved you know I loved to know how that happened and yeah he would always like make fun of me because I did like those artists and at the time I was doing you know bits and pieces I think I was actually working across One Direction in my internship thing at the time so which ties in I I feel like I've spoken about this a couple times guys but I did a flash mob for One Direction it's on YouTube yes it's embarrassing but I'm very proud of it and you cannot make fun of me for it because I love it. So I know the media have tried to call me a cringy One Direction Harry Styles fan. Stand by it. Don't care. Still a cringy One Direction Harry Styles fan. Anyways, so he obviously um, knew about that. I remember it was so fucking embarrassing. One of my lecturers played the fucking flash mob in front of like all the students. I think it was like my marketing class. And I was like, I literally could die right now. I just feel the judgment. But it's epic. So stand by it. Anyways. So yeah, he like kind of didn't really, I feel like he didn't really like me because I was probably everything he hated in a teenage girl. And yeah, we had a project and it was to create a PR plan for an album launch. So I was like, sweet, let's do Taylor Swift Red. Easy, easy enough. I felt like choosing an artist like that, you could do amazing stuff with. I was like, yep, we're going to do this stuff. Like we're going to have all these like red buses. We're going to do this partnership. I was like really getting into it because I love, you know, the branded partnerships, all the inter- – I was living for it. And me and Sonia, the girl I did the project with, she was a huge Taylor Swift fan as well. So we were like, yep, yeah, aced it. And he was one of those lecturers that was very like didn't really follow the module, would kind of say whatever, was just really like – a lot. So I was like, with this project, we are going to follow what the university module says. I don't give a shit what this guy says because I'm following exactly what we've been told to do according to the university. So we were presenting last when it came to the Prezzo and I was like freaking out because every single person before us was getting roasted, roasted. Like he, he, he presented the, like the project is different than what I think people took it the wrong way. And I think I was smart with being like, no, let's do it this way because we can just be like, no, this is what the text says. You need a market based on this. So obviously a lot of other people didn't listen to that and they listened to what he said, which then backfired on them because he was like, this is not what I wanted. And he was just like going in and like people were getting like three out of 10. Like it was just like so brutal. So I was like shaking with anxiety. I was like, great, we're last. We're going to be talking about Taylor Swift who I know he fucking hates. And I was like, great, let's just, let's prepare. And this is like me being 18, 19, like freaking out. So we go up there, we're like, hi guys, we're doing a publicity plan for Taylor Swift. I could just see him being like, great. And then we started off, we were like, yep, this is our promo plan. This is this. I was like, presentation on point. Everything was on point. And he literally interrupts me. He's like, I'm sorry, I have to stop you there. And I was like, God, no, no, no. Because I was speak, I speak really fast, guys. I'm very aware of this. And I was speaking so fast because I was like, I don't want him to like interrupt and do like, you know, tell, tell me off basically. And like Sonia was freaking out as well. 
Anyway, and then he's like, guys, this is exactly what I was looking for. I can't fault it a single, single bit. And I was like, is he seriously joking? And he's like, yeah, you have to get full marks. Couldn't fault it at all. I was like, am I being punked right now? Like this guy hates me. And then I think it was because he then couldn't fault my work. So it might've been, she's annoying as hell. Like she's this little teenage girl that's like running around doing stuff with One Direction, but she's good at what she does. So I can't criticize her for that. So I think that was a real eye opener because I loved the subject. I wanted to make the most of it, even though I really didn't like him at the time. I proved myself and I was like, yeah, I know what I'm doing. And I got full marks, which is the only class I've ever got full marks for, but it's what I do now today. So it kind of makes sense, right? Anyways, fun story. (laughs) So I did have another question, which I wanted to link back to that story. So Kazmu asks, best advice you've gotten? So I have always kind of operated with the mindset of, you know, do what you want to do because people will probably talk about you anyway. People will have an opinion anyway and do what you do well. So although, you know, in the situation of, you know, my uni class and that project, I was confident with what I could do. I was like, you know what, this person probably doesn't like me, but I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And then that's it. I can be judged based on my profession or me and my work rather than, you know, who I am as a person. They might not like it. So I think, yeah, I think the life lesson I've always kind of gone back to is do what I want to do. And if people don't like that, they don't like that, but at least I'm proud of it and I've done the best I can. And that's all I can really ask for. Anything else that's going to consume up energy in my head is just not worth the time. Because we were speaking about One Direction, I have a question from Emma Glasgow with three W's. What is your fave One Direction album? This is a tricky question because One Direction as five of them, I would say Up All Night is just the first album, iconic. You can't, you just can't go past that. Every single song, banger. Yeah, that's probably my favorite, but there's so many songs I love without Zayn, even though I love Zayn to death. There were so many, like Four is such a good album. Yeah, I think I have to stick with Up All Night. That is just iconic. The original, I think I get a lot of joy re-listening to that music because it takes me back to a time where life was really simple. I just sat at home and listened to music and didn't really have many problems in my life back then. So yeah, it brings me a lot of good memories and just like such a fun time of my life when I yeah was just such a fangirl and I love pop culture. I loved One Direction. I loved, you know, Twitter was like the place to be. You were kind of chatting with all the fans and it was just such a nice community, which I just don't feel is the same in this day and age anymore. It was just such a time to be around. Even like back Justin Bieber days, like I was like full on Twitter gal. I think I had like, my username was like Tani Loves Bieber or something at one point, I'm sure. And it was just such a time to be alive, honestly. And now things have changed, but I love, I think that album is my favorite because it just brings back a lot of good memories. Yeah. Okay, Freya G26 asks, where's somewhere you've always wanted to go but have never been? I really, really, really want to go to Japan. I think it would be such an amazing cultural shock. I love the food, the culture, the fashion. I think it would just be so amazing to go there. I'm just like, it's like top of my list. It just looks like such an amazing place. And I would just be like eating everything and just going to like 
every single ramen place. So yeah, Japan is like really, really top of where I where I really want to go next. I think it's sorry if I pronounced your name wrong. I think it's Bafjina Patel. Us? Is it weird when people randomly recognize you or are you used to it by now? I still find it quite weird because I forget. Sometimes I'll catch someone looking at me and be like, what are you looking at? Like, why are you staring at me? And they'll be like, oh, okay, fair enough. Um, it's actually funny. I went to dinner with Ollie last night and his um, auntie and uncle and we we're sitting at the restaurant and then this like dad comes up and he's like, hi, he's like a British, um, had a British accent. He's like, hi, I'm so sorry. I'm really embarrassing dad right now, but like my daughter loves you guys. Can she please get a photo? And she was like sitting there so embarrassed, like dad, don't, like what are you doing? And they had just come over from the UK and they were so lovely and we're like, yeah, of course. Like it's no, like it's no inconvenience. It's no like it's it's just so nice when people actually come up and have a conversation with you I find it weird when people just kind of like sit there and like take a photo of you and like don't acknowledge you I hate that but when people come up and say hey and they ask for a photo like people are just so lovely and so sweet and it's it's weird to me because I just forget like I was on a tv show and people recognize me like it's a bit of a bizarre um bizarre thing because I'll just like go about my life usual I feel like things haven't changed in terms of like my day-to-day life so I'll just be like at the cafe or in London it happened so much I was like oh okay yeah I feel like the people in London freaking love maths I forgot that and so many people would come up and be like oh my god what are you doing here they're like we love you and it's yeah it's it's weird but it's really really nice and I feel like I've always had such like beautiful interactions with people and yeah really encourage people to come say hello and come speak to us because yeah we love that It it doesn't bother us at all I think a lot of people are like feel like they're being an inconvenience but no not at all so nice chatting with people and like just seeing how supportive they are of Ollie and I it's just yeah it's really 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 sweet spores m asks what is your favorite bit of having a podcast she actually said podcast but I'm assuming she meant podcast (laughs) um I honestly just love getting to know people and having chats with people I feel like everyone has such an interesting story to tell and there's a lot of layers to people and you don't always get to hear those sides of who someone is and I feel like having a platform being able to kind of have those kind of conversations has been awesome I love having a community of people who are just so supportive and love what you know what we're doing what conversations we're having and just yeah just supportive of me and what I'm doing it's been it's it's been crazy I didn't ever think that it would be like that I was always very apprehensive with starting the podcast like oh my god is anyone gonna even listen to this um so it's been so nice to have like a community of people that love chuffed as much as I do so I think my favorite bit is the listeners, to be honest. And I am very chuffed about the listeners, actually. <laughs> Brock Jays asks, what's our funniest memory together? So Brock obviously was a guest on my podcast a couple of weeks ago. Listen to that episode if you haven't. He has such an interesting story about being on The X Factor and just what his life has been like after that and being on TV. You guys really love it. So listen to that. But our funniest memory together has to be we had gone out to a club in London and this is like the night I figured out I was allergic to alcohol and we'd gone to the club and Brock and I were just like on one that night. Like we literally were drinking this like huge treasure chest cocktail and I don't even know what was in it and literally it was just 
alcohol, alcohol again. I was drinking. I was like, no, I do not feel good. I was like, no, nah, I'm never drinking alcohol again. And Brock literally left got kicked out of the club, went missing. I had to like go back to his hotel, couldn't find him. It was like ridiculous, but it was just hilarious because I was like, this is just so typical of us to be getting really lit in London, drinking whatever we were drinking and I lose him in London. It's actually not funny when I think about it, but I lost him in probably the scariest city to lose someone in the world. But anyway, found him. Love you, Brock. Okay, so the last question is from... Abby O'Connor? Abby O'Connor? I feel like it's spelled in a really unique way. Where do you see yourself in the next five years? So I think I want to still have Chuffed. I want to be having Chuffed every single week, have some really amazing guests on, do something with that, hopefully do a live tour. But yeah, have Chuffed as kind of like this like huge empire almost. Like it's like this big media, everyone knows Chuffed. And then I think I would love to buy a house in five years. I don't know how that's going to go down in this economy, to be honest, but we can only hope. I would love to have (laughs) at least a house or a deposit down on a house. I'd like to get married. I feel like properly married because I feel like you guys are always like, are you actually married? Um, No, we're not. So I would actually love to get married and then maybe start planning for a child. I feel like that is a big commitment. I have a lot to do since then, career-wise, life-wise, but I would love to start exploring what that would look like. And five years is a long time, but also not. I feel like that's going to go by really, really quickly. So yeah, we'll see. But I hope, you know, in five years, I'll still be sitting here and you guys will still be listening to me. And yeah, a lot of cool opportunities and fun stuff will be happening. But those are kind of the key things I would hope I would be still having in the next five years. So yeah, that is all for today, guys. Um, Please slide in my DMs, slide in at Chuff Pods DMs. If you have any questions, I will answer them on the pod. And thank you so much to everyone that did send a question in. Make sure to follow us on Instagram, TikTok, if you haven't already. It's been so nice sitting here with you guys and chatting and getting to know me a little bit more. I've loved it and I can't wait to do more of this. So I will see you guys in the next episode. Bye.